Good morning. Let's begin our service by singing hymn number 221. O Jesus, our dear Master, thy works, now understood, reveal their full effulgence through love and brotherhood. Today, Christ's precious science, thy healing power makes plain. With joy may all obey thee and cast out sin and pain. Hymn number 221. scriptural will be given by Imogene from Australia. 
The Bible John For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 1 Thessalonians Ye are all the children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Let us now have a moment of silent prayer and follow with the Lord's Prayer and its spiritual interpretation as given in the Christian Science textbook. Our Father, who is art in heaven, our Father, Mother, God, all harmonious, hallowed be thy name, adorable one, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom is come, thou art ever present. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, 
disease, and death. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. For God is infinite, all power, all life, truth, love, over all and all. Let's now sing hymn number 234. O Master, let me walk with Thee in lowly paths of service free. Tell me Thy secret. Help me to bear the strain of toil, the fret of care. Hymn number 234. to the Sunday morning service of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. We begin every Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. with our roundtable discussion, where we discuss the week's lesson and other topics that need to be brought out and learn better how to practice 
this practical science of Christianity. And we had a really good session this morning. So if you missed it, or if you'd like to hear it again, you can find it on our website, plainfieldcs.com. You will also be able to find it on our YouTube channel and on our Vimeo channel. We have a Sunday school for children that meets at 11, and that Sunday school is available for children anywhere in the world. It has its own teleconference number, and in fact, many of our students who don't live in the area attend via the telephone over that teleconference number. What that means is that if you don't live in the area and have a child of Sunday school age, uh, your child can attend. So call us. We'll be happy to give you the number and uh, very happy to welcome your child to our Sunday school. We have a testimony meeting every Wednesday evening at 8.15 where you can hear testimonies of healings and lives transformed through the study and practice of Christian science. And at all of our services, we have a nursery available for infants and toddlers. And here comes one through the front door. <laughs> we have uh, quite an outreach uh, from this church. We have, I believe, 17 different websites, all but one of which are in languages other than English. And they contain the finest Christian science literature, articles, services, um, music, uh, which uplifts and guaranteed to inspire you. And that, uh, by having 17 websites, uh, we reach a great percentage of the world through our websites with the finest Christian science literature that could be ever had. And many people, many of you, have found us through one of our websites, and we are very grateful for that. There's an article I'd like to recommend uh, featured on our English website, a uh, very important article uh, entitled, Healing as Practiced by Jesus by Samuel Greenwood. It's a bit long, it's, uh, but it's really important, and I recommend it very highly. As some of you may know, one of our members lives in Pakistan and translates our lessons, some of our articles and books, into several Mideastern languages. And we have several Mideastern language websites to reach that part of the world. We have heard from him that in Pakistan, in the communities that he and friends live, radical Muslims have burned 40 churches and killed and injured many people. And there is a great need for help in his community and surrounding communities where there are many Christian Pakistanis. So we are establishing a Pakistani fund for anyone who would like to contribute to 
that part of the world and help our member and his friends renew their lives. Uh, anybody who would like to contribute, please just send your checks to the church, to the clerk at the church, and we will make sure that the right people get helped. So thank you again for all of your contributions and your help, and we will strive to do what is right in God's sight in Pakistan. Everyone is welcome here. Everyone. And that includes all of you who are listening and participating from around the world. And now we will have the reading of a testimony of healing from the chapter entitled Fruitage in the Christian Science Textbook, which attests to the healing power obtained by studying the Christian Science Textbook. And that article, and that testimony will be given this morning by Janet from Georgia. Page 641, Relief from Intense Suffering. I became interested in Christian science in 1901. For four or five years, I had suffered with severe attacks, which nothing but an opiate seemed to relieve. After one, which I think was the worst I ever had, I consulted our family physician, who diagnosed my case as a dangerous kidney disease and said that no medicine could help me, but that I must undergo a surgical operation. I continued to grow worse and went to see the physician again, and he advised me to consult a doctor who was connected with the city hospital of Augusta. This doctor made an examination and diagnosed the difficulty as something different, but quite as serious. Meanwhile, a friend offered me a copy of Science and Health. I said I did not care to read the book, but she was so urgent that I finally promised to do so. I received the book on Saturday, and on Sunday morning, I sat down to read it. When I reached the place where Mrs. Eddy says she found this truth in the Bible, I began comparing the two books. I read passages which looked very reasonable to me and said to myself, this is nearer to the truth than anything I have ever seen. I continued to read all day, stopping only long enough to eat my dinner. As I read on, everything became clearer to me, and I felt that I was healed. During the evening, a neighbor came in, and I said, I am healed, and that book has healed me. I read on and was certainly healed. Eight days after my healing, I did my own washing. This occurred in February 1901. About six weeks after, I was called to care for my mother who was under the care of my former physician. I again let him examine my side, as he wished to see if the trouble was still there. He said, it is certainly gone. I said to him, doctor, you told me I would never be a well woman unless I was operated upon. 
what has healed me? He replied, God has healed you. S.H.L. North Pittston, Maine. The Bible and the Christian Science Textbook are our only preachers. We shall now read scriptural texts and their correlative passages from our textbook. These comprise our sermon. The canonical writings, together with the word of our textbook, corroborating and explaining the Bible texts in their denominational spiritual import and application to all ages, past, present, and future, constitute a sermon undivorced from truth, uncontaminated or fettered by human hypotheses, and authorized by Christ. And now, the lesson sermon for this morning can be found on page 18 of the Independent Christian Science Quarterly. Subject, Christ Jesus. The golden text is from 1 Timothy. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. The responsive reading is from Isaiah. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles. To open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. 
Elizabeth from Georgia will now read. The Bible. Mark. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened, and the Spirit, like a dove, descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven, saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Luke And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Esaias. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering a sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Matthew and behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still, and called them, and said, what will ye that I shall do unto you? They say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Mark. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered them and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. 
And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred pennyworth of bread and give them to eat? He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed, and brake the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat, and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments, and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. Luke. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying, That a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. John Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The works that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. These words spake Jesus, and lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Neither pray I for these alone, 
but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. I will now read correlative passages from the Christian Science textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, by Mary Baker Eddy. Jesus of Nazareth taught and demonstrated man's oneness with the Father, and for this we owe him endless homage. His mission was both individual and collective. He did life's work aright, not only in justice to himself, but in mercy to mortals, to show them how to do theirs, but not to do it for them, nor to relieve them of a single responsibility. Jesus aided in reconciling man to God by giving man a truer sense of love, the divine principle of Jesus' teachings. And this truer sense of love redeems man from the law of matter, sin, and death by the law of spirit, the law of divine love. Jesus was the son of a virgin. He was appointed to speak God's word and to appear to mortals in such a form of humanity as they could understand as well as perceive. Mary's conception of him was spiritual, for only purity could reflect truth and love, which were plainly incarnate in the good and pure Christ Jesus. He expressed the highest type of divinity, which a fleshly form could express in that age into the real and ideal man, the fleshly element cannot enter. Thus it is that Christ illustrates the coincidence or spiritual agreement between God and man in his image. Christ is not a name so much as the divine title of Jesus. Christ expresses God's spiritual, eternal nature. The name is synonymous with Messiah and alludes to the spirituality which is taught, illustrated, and demonstrated in the life of which Christ Jesus was the embodiment. Jesus taught but one God, one Spirit, who makes man in the image and likeness of himself, of spirit, not of matter. Man reflects infinite truth, life, and love. The nature of man, thus understood, includes all that is implied by the terms image and likeness as used in Scripture. Jesus' life proved, divinely and scientifically, that God is love. Whereas 
priest and rabbi affirmed God to be a mighty potentate who loves and hates. The Jewish theology gave no hint of the unchanging love of God. Jesus taught the way of life by demonstration that we may understand how this divine principle heals the sick, casts out error, and triumphs over death. Jesus presented the ideal of God better than could any man whose origin was less spiritual. By his obedience to God, he demonstrated more spiritually than all others the principle of being. Though demonstrating his control over sin and disease, the great teacher by no means relieved others from giving the requisite proofs of their own piety. He worked for their guidance, that they might demonstrate this power as he did and understand its divine principle. His mission was to reveal the science of celestial being, to prove what God is and what he does for man. Jesus' teaching and practice of truth involved such a sacrifice as makes us admit its principle to be love. This was the precious import of our master's sinless career and of his demonstration of power over death. He proved by his deeds that Christian science destroys sickness, sin, and death. Jesus sent a message to John the Baptist, which was intended to prove beyond a question that the Christ had come. Quote, Go your way and tell John what things ye have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. End quote. In other words, Tell John what the demonstration of divine power is, and he will at once perceive that God is the power in the messianic work. Christianity as Jesus taught it was not a creed, nor a system of ceremonies, nor a special gift from a ritualistic Jehovah but it was the demonstration of divine love, casting out error and healing the sick, not merely in the name of Christ or truth, but in demonstration of truth, as must be the case in the cycles of divine light. Jesus established his church and maintained his mission on a spiritual foundation of Christ healing. He taught his followers that his religion had a divine principle, which would cast out error 
and heal both the sick and the sinning. He claimed no intelligence, action, nor life separate from God. Despite the persecution this brought upon him, he used his divine power to save men, both bodily and spiritually. Jesus demonstrated the power of Christian science to heal mortal minds and bodies. But this power was lost sight of and must again be spiritually discerned, taught, and demonstrated according to Christ's command, with signs following. Its science must be apprehended by as many as believe on Christ and spiritually understand truth. Is it not a species of infidelity to believe that so great a work as the Messiah's was done for himself or for God, who needed no help from Jesus' example to preserve the eternal harmony? But mortals did need this help, and Jesus pointed the way for them. Divine love always has met and always will meet every human need. It is not well to imagine that Jesus demonstrated the divine power to heal only for a select number or for a limited period of time, since to all mankind and in every hour, divine love supplies all good. When speaking of God's children, not the children of men, Jesus said, The kingdom of God is within you. That is, truth and love reign in the real man, showing that man in God's image is unfallen and eternal. Jesus beheld in science the perfect man, who appeared to him where sinning mortal man appears to mortals. In this perfect man, the Savior saw God's own likeness, and this correct view of man healed the sick. Thus, Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is intact, universal, and that man is pure and holy. We will now have a moment of silent prayer for our world.
Let's now sing hymn number 157. Jesus' prayer for all his brethren, Father, that they may be one, echoes down through all the ages. Nor prayed he for these alone, but for all, that through all time God's will be done. Hymn number 157. Listen to his word. 
Let's now sing hymn number 293. Rock of ages, truth divine, be thy strength forever mine. Let me rest secure on thee, safe above life's raging sea. Rock of ages, truth divine, be thy strength forever mine. Hymn number 293.
I will read from the Christian Science textbook, The Scientific Statement of Me, and the correlative passage from 1 John, 3rd chapter. There is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter. All is infinite mind and its infinite manifestation, for God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal error. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material. He is spiritual. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Revelation. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen.